Uh, I'm going to give the little statistics that were that we did in case you weren't here uh, two weeks ago. Uh, the team that we had, and we worked with several local uh, nationals. Uh, we did over 20 outreaches. Uh, reached over 1,500 people, kids, adults, moms, some dads, teachers. Uh, over 500, well, 560 people made a decision to accept Jesus as their Savior. How many of you know that's something to rejoice over? Uh, and listen, we got to be a part of it. You guys got to be a part of it. Many of you guys gave money to help send other people. You prayed. Listen, the harvest, it's all of us working together, isn't it? Amen. Seven prayed for 720 people to be healed of something and uh, problems. I like how they have problems. How many of you got problems? All right. Don't we all have some problems? So <laughs> it was just a great time. And, and I thought it was good because sometimes when we uh, do something like this, we think, oh, you know what? We have people that need to hear Jesus right here, don't we? Right, But there's something about being able to give yourself into something that you're not going to get anything back from. Right? Sometimes, oh, we want to do our outreach because we want to see our church grow. We want to do that because, you know what, this is something that uh, in the natural realm we're going to get nothing back from in that kind of way. But let me tell you, what we do get back is changed lives, not only there, but God changes the hearts of those that go. So we're going to have uh, each one of the team members come up, share just a little bit of a testimony. And let me tell you, it was awesome for service. They were walking out like, wow, that was so good. So uh, I just want to commend each one of you guys as you share. And, and uh, I mean, have, and so Randy, I got him coming up first. So uh, the reason I have him coming first is he is the one kind of uh, breaking the ground. He's the one that organized this whole trip. Uh, and most, many of you that know him, he's very detailed oriented and we're very thankful for that because if it would have been up to me, it could have been a mess. So, uh, uh, and his clown name I told first service was Globito, which means who knows what that means? Little balloon, right? See, I knew some of you guys knew that. All right. Well, good morning. Can you all hear me? Good. There's no sound guy. So, number one, I want to thank God for the gifts that he gave me to organize this trip. Um, it, for me, this trip started back in January um, when God laid it on the church's heart and th the ball started rolling and God started doing things in this church to enable this trip to even happen. Um, from that point on, I saw God working, putting the team together, um, molding the team, growing the team, um, one miracle after the other. Um, me coordinating with King's Castle down in El Salvador, they are an amazing organization. They, I'm, it was a pleasure and a joy to team alongside them. Every question I had, which was maybe two or three a week, um, she respond, they responded you know, that day or very early the next day. So as an organization from a box checking standpoint, <laughs> They, they really ministered to me and, and made me comfortable. Um, the support of this church, you know, financially, prayerfully, um, pastor-wise, board-wise, was amazing. Um, they, they didn't question anything. They, were, they set the example of leading by the Spirit and just letting God be God, um, which is something I still am learning. And part of my testimony was, you know, as we arrived in El Salvador, 
When you go on these trips, you don't know why you're going. God says go, and you say, okay. Um, financially, I wasn't prepared. There's, there's no way I, I could have done this on my own. Um, God provided in many ways. Um, but our first night there, we went to a, a prayer vigil, a prayer service. <clears throat> it was at their prayer fortress, which is the original castle on the grounds of King, King's Castle. And they've got prayer going 24-7, seven days a week since 1998. Um, so it's an amazing experience. So we had a time of worship, and then we, we went into prayer. And King's Castle has, they're called nationals. They're kids. They're young people. They're in their 20s. Um, <laughs> um, who are there on the ground, you know, serving in their communities, serving with King's Castle, serving under King's Castle. Um, and they have had, they, they are devoted to prayer. And there's a, there was a chance for us to get prayed over something that we're dealing with. We had a problem. So I went up for prayer. Um, and, and I shared what I wanted prayer for. And after we were done praying, this one young gal, she's like, you know, God has a word for you. And I'm like, great. You need to stop overthinking things. <laughs> and past, pastor was across the circle from me, and he just like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, which is something I knew. and uh, something I do. I'm, I'm whatever. But um, so it just showed me that, you know, God sees me. God, God sees what I'm doing. He knows what I struggle with. And he told me to, to start breaking down those walls um, and start, start dealing with the issues, which I have gratefully um, started doing. And I started speaking more truth into people. As I, as I see truth in people, um, or God gives me a word for them, I'm not just sitting back and waiting anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping up and, and being obedient. Um, so the trip as a whole was, um, very stretching. It stretched me to points that I knew I could do. Cause I know once you get on the ground, so traveling, pardon the expression, it's just pitiful. The actual act of getting on the airplane, getting off the airplane, getting on the airplane, getting off the airplane, um, dealing with situations, um, is very aggravating. But once you hit the ground, God takes over. You are no longer in control. He is controlling every step of the way. He is dragging you along, basically. Um, so four days, four days we're in schools, which is a set thing. But on Saturday, there's no schools. So we got to go into towns around, and we went into villages, which are dirt roads, shanties. I mean, we're talking... Four posts with a with a tin roof as a house, you know, open sides, no doors, no windows. There's gates and stuff. So we're going around these dirt roads, knocking on tin doors, inviting kids to come to the to the program that's meeting in the street. And when I say street, I mean um, it's like from here to that first row right there. And there's gutters on either side, but they're full of street juice, so you don't want to stand in the street juice. And when I say street juice, I mean street juice. Um, but to see these kids in these households, you know, 
they're looking at you. They're seeing a bunch of people knocking on their door. One of them's dressed as a clown, um, which is something they probably don't see every day. And so the doubt and the confusion in their, in their eyes is just amazing. But then when we start firing up the PA system and we start doing the program, kids just start coming out. And they're all, the kids you saw were like running around in shorts, no shirt, you know. Um, some of the girls were just in their underwear running around their house. And, but they all come to this program and they've all got their pretty little tool skirts on and their, their pretty little dresses, their little fairy dresses is what I call them here. Um, but they're all dressed up and they're excited. And then as we minister, as we do the program, it's, we're not well rehearsed, <laughs> to say the least. But like I said, God takes over, and they don't see that. So at the end of the program, we break out and do groups of boys and girls in various age groups. And the American team basically sat with the groups and prayed, because we can't speak to them because they all speak Spanish. Um, but then there's a, one of the nationals who are ministering to the kids. And during this time of prayer, you see, you see these kids just realize that somebody loves them, that there's hope. Um, they're coming from, there's no dads. I think in all the programs on the street, we saw, I saw one or two dads. All the rest were moms. So, I mean, there's no male influence in their life. There's no... There's no um, encouragement for these young men. But to see the nationals work with these kids, and one kid in particular I saw, just he just totally melted and just totally broke down. And the national, after we were done praying for the whole team, he took him aside and ministered to him. So, and given him encouragement and stuff. So that the El Salvador team, King's Castle team, is an amazing organization, not just because they're there, because they reach, and what's the, what's the thing on our on the sleeve? They they reach. Um, evangelize, discipleship, missions, and compassion. Um, you see that with the organization, and to come alongside them was a blessing to me. They said we were a blessing to them, but they have no idea what a blessing they were to me personally um, because once we leave we never see him again well we some of us probably will again um, but they're on the grounds following up ministering to these kids and to go into every school into every village into every town to see nationals kids in the local church we just stopped on the side of the road and picked up a bunch and they went and helped us minister they're just they're everywhere so to see that the reach that King's Castle ha has in El Salvador is, is truly a blessing. Um, for me, again, when God says go, the first time I went on a missions trip, I thought it was something I could never do. I was not prepared financially, physically, mentally, or anything, but God said, you're going. So I answered that call, and I went, and it was a blessing. And every trip since then has been a blessing and I've seen God work over and over and over again so if if any time you hear about a missions trip um, 
and it's so, something that you just say, huh, that sounds like something, something kind of fun. Respond. Do not hesitate. God will take care of the rest. You know, and if you are meant to go, you will go. Um, and if you're hearing the voice from God, respond. Amen. All right, next we're going to have Joshua come up, and I'm just going to say, uh, those of you don't, yes, he is my son, but, you know, he is a professor at a couple of, three different community colleges, or, or well, two community colleges and a Bible college. So he's Mr. Intellect, and uh, God really used him in a great way. So. Okay, so um, I already shared this morning, but um, I was thinking, you know, earlier about like what, what I was going to share, and um, and uh, I was just thinking, you know, the biggest thing for me on this mission trip was the way that I think that God just um, kind of affirmed something that he's been working on with me for a long time in regards to um, something that I've, I've always struggled immensely with, you know, faith and doubt. Uh, those are always things that were uh, uh, something that was very difficult for me. Um, so, uh, you know, even going on this missions trip, like, there's, you know, I'm like asking questions like, am I really here for a purpose, right? Is there a reason why I'm actually here? I can't speak the language. Am I, am I going to make any difference at all? Um, uh, and, you know, we're there, and we're just kind of going, and I, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you, God. I'm going to serve, you know, so I'm going, serving, and we're just going from one place to the next place, and it's very high pace. Um, and, you know, I did share something. I, I was like, maybe God wants me to share this, so I sp uh, shared with a couple at a couple places through an interpreter or something, but I was like, you know, in my own uh, reasoning and intellect, it's like, is this even, I, I can't, you know, with the language barrier, I can't even tell if this is getting across or if, you know, this is just kind of stupid that <laughs> I'm trying to share this. I was sharing them like, uh, we were in a school and I was like, I'm going to share some things with, about science with them and connect that with God. Um, anyways, um, anyway, so, sorry, I'm like, I didn't uh, blank last uh, for the morning service, but <laughs> um, so I think what, what really kind of changed my perspective was when we got to the very end of it, right? So I went through everything, and I'm like, I'm just going to fall. I'm just going to do all of these things, and I tried to give it my all, but um, I, I didn't really see the impact that it was having. And then when we got to the end of it, they had that, we, we had that big meeting, you know, big kind of celebration thing before they were sending us off. And then they sh we saw, the, like, the video. And I remember just watching that video and seeing, like, uh, you know, it looked like I was, I was seeing stuff, but, like, I, I wasn't seeing the whole week that, you know, <laughs> that we were there. And it's because, you know, I just, you know, was thinking about how, you know, we all have these lenses that we're looking through with our world. And... Uh, and that's like the very idea of faith is that faith is reasoning not based off of what we we what we see, um, uh, you know. I think that was part of the Hebrew, the, you know, the faith chapters. By faith, we we know that the things of this world are uh, the visible things are made of invisible things, and there's a invisible reality that we become unaware of when we focus only on what we can see with our own <laughs> natural eyes. 
And by natural eyes, I don't just mean the eyes, but I mean like our, our natural re human reasoning and intellect. And, and you know, and I was like, you know, even in even in like like I said in that faith chapters, Hebrews eleven, we, it talks about all the you know the fathers of faith, and all of these people who uh, you know if you read it, but who they didn't see the fulfillment of the the things that were promised, right? They didn't see everything that God was doing through them, and I think a lot of times we don't see we're not we don't always see what God has done, how God has used us, or how God um, is moving through us, but. That's what that faith thing is all about, is, is holding on to that God's truth and holding on to when God says that he's going to use me, he's going to use me. And so, you know, I think a, a little side story at the very end that I feel like even kind of affirmed it <laughs> in, in, a, in a way. At the very end, we were packing up, getting ready to leave, you know, and I knew exactly where I put my passport. I put it in my backpack. Uh, I knew I had kind of, where I kind of tucked it in. Um, and we were, I was looking, getting ready to go, and I couldn't find my passport. Tore up all my luggage, went through all my clothes, and I was like, it's nowhere here. I've looked thoroughly like three times over, and like in my uh, reasoning, the only thing that made sense was, you know, we should have locked up this passport because they, they had said, oh, we could take the passports. And I'm like, eh, it's fine. And, but there were like cleaning people that would come through the things. I was like, the only thing that makes sense is a cleaning person must have come and taken the passport because I've thoroughly gone through every single place that the passport could be. And, you know, my dad, Randy, helped look, search everything. And then Daniel just like stands there. He's like, did you check your Bible? It's like, it's the most ridiculous kind of thing. And I'm like, I just sort of picked up my Bible in a bit of annoyance. And then my passport flew out of my Bible. <laughs> so, you know, I think that just, you know, kind of affirmed again, like, I, my, you know, reasoning is limited, you know, and the only uh, real truth is not going to come by relying on my reasoning. It's going to be by looking at what God says in his word and, and what he has said to us. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. We got uh, Kaylee coming up next. So let's give her a hand. And, uh, I only knew her a little bit to begin with, and uh, now she kind of feels like a, another daughter, so. Hi. Um, so, I'm not really sure what to say, so bear with me. Um, I knew that this whole trip, for those of you who know me, I'm a very introverted person. There's a reason I'm in the back all the time. Um, it was very much so out of my comfort zone. I didn't know, I didn't... I was very 50-50. I knew I needed to go, but I didn't really want to because I knew it was going to be a lot for me. And um, about a week and a half, two weeks before, before we went, I really struggled with mental health my whole life. And I was getting severely attacked. My anxiety was through the roof. It was worse than it normally was. Um, I've had depression for as long as I can remember. And I haven't had my depression as bad as it was since... I was in high school, and that it was just astronomical how much it was just defeating me. And um, I was just, my mom came into my room, and we ended up having a conversation because she was just like, all right, what's going on? She could tell something was off. She knows me a little too well, unfortunately. Um, 
And so I was just kind of telling her what was going on, you know, how my depression was getting again, how my anxiety was getting again. And she always knows exactly what to say. She's just, God bless, God bless my mother. <laughs> and she just goes, well, you really struggle with, you know, the armor of God. You have some of it, but you don't have it all. And the thing that keeps what kept hitting her was my, um, my armor, the helmet part, because I really struggle with anxiety. And a lot of my attacks have always been mental. And I was like, okay, that makes sense, you know. And then once we got there, um, I was very anxious. You know, I'm in a new place. I'm the only younger girl, because Stephanie was there, but she was with her husband. So I was in a room by myself, first of all, which ended up being amazing. <laughs> but um, we went to the prayer fortress the first night, and I was just, I was just so, I was just so sad. And we got there and we were listening to, we were listening to these songs that were playing and I was just in a time of worship. And my mom gave me this necklace and I ended up opening it while we were on a plane. Our last, our last, um, we had a bunch of layovers to El Salvador and it was a necklace. I don't remember the verse that it came with, but it was about um, mustard seed faith. Because I always struggled with faith. I always struggled with just feeling, just knowing God is there, just trusting God. And so in those moments, in that moment, I was like, okay, so God, here I am. You know, the song Gratitude by Brandon Lake was going, and it says, you know, all that I have is a hallelujah. It's not much. And so all I knew is I came there with my mustard seed faith, and I got on my hands and my knees, and I was just crying. I was like, God, I just, I need you. I need to know you're here. I need a word from you. I just, I need your touch now because I feel so lost. I don't know what to do anymore. And after we had our time of um, worship, the pastor of the prayer fortress came up, and lo and behold, his sermon was on the armor of God. And I was like, okay, so maybe my mom didn't know what she was talking about. And then after we had our little, um, our little sermon, then we went into a time of prayer. And I went and I asked for something completely unrelated to anything, just something neurological that I had going on. And afterwards, um, one of the ladies who was in the prayer fortress hadn't seen her before that moment in time, didn't speak the same language, and she was just like, I don't think you're asking for what you really need help for. I think that you have, um, you have a problem with your family. You struggle with um, the armor of God, and she was struggling to find the words, and she was like, the helmet. You struggle with the helmet and the armor. And I was like, cool, thanks, Kay. This is like the third time now in the last week. <laughs> and, um, so she asked me a little bit about what are you really struggling with. So I shared a little bit, and then we had a time of prayer. And they were praying for me, and I still didn't feel anything. And I was like, okay, well, this is kind of annoying at this point. And then one of our nationals pulled me aside, and she was like, can I talk to you for a second? So they were still doing their prayer, and she took me to the side. And she said earlier, because they were praying over my migraines in, um, in the beginning, which, praise God, my migraine went away in that moment, which was amazing. And she said, um, during your time of prayer, God told me to tell you that he loves you so much, that he sees you. He sees your struggles. He sees everything that you've gone through. He doesn't look at you with shame. He looks at you with pride, and he looks at you with love, that she doesn't know anything about me, right? And she goes, even though your earthly fathers have failed you, you have a heavenly father who looks at you with so much love and admiration, and he just thinks you are the best thing ever. And I'm crying, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, and, the, and then... I was like, okay, so we went and we did prayer again. Then on the way back down, because um, it was very hectic, it was very overwhelming in that moment. So on the way back to the dorm, um, I was like, wow. Everything that I was asking for when I was on my knees, I got, I got my word. 
God gave me the word that I asked him for. He confirmed for me that he was there. He met me in a way that I recognized. He spoke to me through people. One of them didn't know how to speak my same language. Another one who I just met a couple hours prior. So luckily, this is where my room comes into play. I loved having the room to myself. You know, I was able to recharge and just really spend time with God and really hear what it is he was trying to tell me. And that next morning was the first morning that I can tell you since probably middle school that I woke up and I didn't have any anxiety, not even the tiniest little bit. And I was really concerned going on this trip because I struggle with severe migraines. And heat and light are a big trigger, and this place was hot, and this place was bright. <laughs> there was no sunglasses, there was, we were just in there. No AC, our AC was a rickety old fan. <laughs> Didn't do the job very well. But that whole trip, I took preventative medication in the morning because I have trust issues and I wanted to be safe, but I didn't have to take any medication for my migraines. And since being back, I was actually due to take my injection for my migraine shot once a month yesterday. And about a week and a half, two weeks before I take my, my injection, I start getting really bad migraines. But I haven't even had the tiniest one, and I have them almost every single day since middle school. It's just been amazing, and God answered, because I've always wondered, why, why do I go through what I went through? What was the reasoning behind it? Um, and it wasn't until we were in one of these schools, and we were in a breakout session, and there was a little girl sitting next to me, and she was telling the, she was telling the national what her problem was, because we prayed for problems, and the national um, interpreted it for me. And I went through a scenario when I was younger, very similar to the scenario that she was asking for prayer about. And I was able to hug her and hold her and pray for her. And I have never felt the Holy Spirit move through me so much that it did in that moment. I was able to pray for her for things that I didn't even know were an issue. Just flowed through me. And that happened multiple times throughout our sessions or our, our, um, our programs. So it was like God told me that whole trip that he loved me that he was there for me, that the things that I went through weren't just for fun. You know, he, he put me through them for a reason. And since being back, I haven't had any anxiety. If I've had even the tiniest bit, I could just say, nope, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. Go back to hell. And I haven't had any depression. haven't had any at all. Migraines, nothing. And I actually struggle with um, food allergies, gluten and dairy. And I've been able to eat gluten fine. No issues whatsoever. And I actually had two donuts over the last couple of days. And those normally have dairy in them, right? And I haven't had any issues at all. So not only is my mental health restored, but I have been healed from my food allergies as well. And I went with the tiniest amount of faith. I was just ready to give up on the whole God thing, right? But I went with a mustard side, mustard sized seed of faith. And he met me night one and walked with me the entire time. So I just encourage you, if all that you have is the tiniest bit of faith that you feel like you need to go, go. Because if God can do that for me in a blink of an eye, he can do it for anybody. And she's not kidding about that diet thing. They, uh, I felt bad for him. So now you can eat donuts. Hallelujah. Uh, 
Listen, uh, the thing that was going through my mind as she's sharing is you're going, she was going out of obedience. And, and the thing, many of you, if you've heard me preach much, blessing always follows obedience. Sometimes we want the blessing first, and then we say, okay, then I'll obey. God bless me, and then I'll do this. God bless me. But it's like you take steps of faith of obedience, and God always comes in and blesses. And so sometimes uh, the blessing that you're looking for is just right past that step of obedience that he's been calling you to do. So uh, that's not my sermon anyway. uh, I just thought she didn't go there expecting to be healed of all of that. She's just going in obedience, and God meets us where we need it. Amen? All right, Daniel, come on up here. Let's give him a big hand. I just wish all of you guys could experience Daniel for a length of time because uh, I'm just going to tell you, as you're coming up here, because I'm going to tell you real quick, uh, those uh, nationals that we had, mid-20s, he became grandpa to them. We're all having to get our lunch we're giving our lunch, but they're like making Daniel's lunch. And like, here, Daniel, I got it for you right here. So they took care of you. Hi, everybody. This isn't my deal. Uh, yeah, let me explain. Either what's going on this trip here, um, Pastor Scott and Colleen, Pastor Colleen, were talking about. I was like, that's goofy. I'm not going. And uh, next day I'm on the internet getting my birth certificate and passport to go to go. Anyway, um, just like uh, this trip removed some mental problems for me too. And uh, actually, uh, I'll just share one moment in time real quickly. We're at a school and uh, these girls that were helping us one of these girls gave this kid a Bible, and he grabbed it in his hands like it was a gold bar and held it to his chest. And he started crying, and I was like, you know, I'm not a real crier, but that one, that got to me big time. And I was just like, you know, that made the whole trip worth it right there, just that one second in time. I can tell you, Daniel was such an encouragement to so many people, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's losing his hand. He didn't like to be the center, but it's like the fact that he pushed through, and we did a lot of steps. We did a lot, and uh, he was right there. And uh, uh, not only that, his humor kept us laughing, too, at the same time. So, uh, all right, where are we at? Augustine, come on up. What a blessing. And, and they'll already tell you, Augustine and Stephanie, uh, they didn't like volunteer initially to go, but I really felt like the Lord wanted them to go, and I approached them. And uh, let me tell you, what a blessing that uh, both of them were on the trip. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Augustine. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad, you know, to, to have him be part of these three because... Uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, more than anything, you know, to see see the children, you know, uh, be a minister, you know, come from San Francisco, you know, you know, being minister, 
prostitutes and alcoholics and addicts, you know, it's totally different, you know. Where we kids is uh, very different, but uh, I got touched, you know. I got touched, God is good. You know, um, um, Matthew chapter five, you know, verse 11, talking about, uh, talking about the believers, you know, that will be persecuted, will be calling names and all those kind of stuff. But in the midst is a satisfaction, you know. It's a satisfaction to see, you know, how the, the word of God is reaching, is, you know, preaching and teaching. And being people saved, you know, like, you know, alcoholic, an addict like me, you know, got saved. And I know God has a lot of opportunities to, you know, to change people. And, you know, being in Salvador, you know, you know, as you know, Salvador having been a lot of problems, war, and then the great members, which is over. And I think somebody was talking about, you know, no, no parenthood, you know, just motherhood, just mom, and whatever the children can do. And just to be there, you know, how, how they receive the gospel, you know, how, how excited they're the people is to hear about Jesus Christ. You know, kind of touched me a lot, you know, thinking about God is working, you know. Uh, God is working, you know, I was saying earlier about, yeah, forget about the rapture, let's, let's use our gift, you know. Yeah. Let's use our gift, you know. Let's, you know, whatever you have, yes, yes, use it, you know. Yeah. And that will help you to go, you know, to the rapture whenever it comes. You know, it's what it takes, you know, uh, being, being a, a badger, uh, a gas, uh, Worshipman, you know. I mean, I kind of, kind of, kind of enjoy it, you know, to be there. Like I say, you know, to see see the children, you know, uh, being touched, and see all the guys that I was with, uh, my wife, and, you know, how they use their gift they have, you know, be yeah. being part and and just do it, and, you know. I was a clown too, like <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister Globito, and. Uh, <laughs> And the pastor also has his own name, and wasn't. I never thought I could do that. I never thought I could be a clown. I mean, I did be a clown in Mexico. I did a couple, couple times. A bad clown, you know, not a good clown. But this time that was a good one, you know. I mean, you know, giving making balloons and ah, oh, that was awesome, you know. Or maybe a dog, maybe a dog. I got, a, I want a giraffe, you know, all this kind of stuff. Oh boy. You know, that, that was that was awesome. Uh, what I can say is, uh, if you have opportunity to give, you know, because uh, to now that I want you give, you know, give you time and pray, you know, more than anything, because the Salvador is receiving the gospel, yeah. you know, is receiving it, and and I'm very excited just just to see the God is working there and uh, and doing what He's doing. The pastor that we were. I was amazing how all the the things that he's doing. Uh, very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And because he spoke in Spanish, he got to preach at one of the church services that we we're at. And then he and then he helped me because I preached at another one and he interpreted. So uh, uh, it was great. And you said that was your first time because he. The many of you guys may not know, they've been in ministry. They've done outreach, missionaries, and different things in uh, San Francisco. That was your first time speaking at a Spanish church, right? So uh, 
even though that's your main language. So uh, I'm going to have his wife come up, and I, you guys hang on, because she was the mom of the trip. She was uh, not only, I think, with those that were there, but, man, you should have seen her connect with the ladies and the people. Uh, God, God used her in mighty ways, and uh, let's just welcome Stephanie. Praise God. Good morning. Praise the Lord. I just want to say thank you, Lord, for allowing my husband and I to go. Like you said, my husband was a pastor in San Francisco, and we served the homeless church. Not only was he a pastor, but he was an associate pastor for the homeless church with Pastor Evans, and he still is. Amen? And so going on this trip, like I said, we were invited at first. We weren't going to go, but then I was like, man, we can go to the streets again because I miss the streets. I'm not used to a church with all walls. We had a church with walls, and we just did discipleship and a Sunday service, but then we'd be out in the streets. And, man, I don't know about you guys, but to go share the gospel on the streets is phenomenal. Amen. And I'm going to open up just with this one scripture here that, it's dear to my heart. It's in Proverbs 19, 17, and he said, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deeds. Amen? So I'm not saying it has to be financial, but it can even be a hug. Amen? To somebody that needs it. And people in El Salvador, my God, I was so blessed because not only while I was there with the El Salvadorians, because that is also in my bloodline, some of my children are El Salvadorian, I got saved in a Spanish-speaking church, didn't speak a word of Spanish, no, I didn't get to translate, I had a translator, and that was my sister right here, Maddie, amen? And when I got to go, amen, I was so on fire because you know why? I got to pour out what God has poured in me, Amen. amen, not just by being in church because I love pastor's word. He's the teacher. Amen. But because I'm at home studying my word. Amen. And so when we pour in our in ourselves, we are able to go out. Amen. And I encourage each and every one of you, if you can go come to El Salvador. They don't even just have the children because I didn't even know what we were doing. My daughter, one of my daughter who has Instagram goes, mom, do you even know where you're going? I said, no, we're just going to do a mission trip. They said, I guess we're going to the streets. They're like, mom, it's a kid's thing. And I was like, what? Clowns. I was like, we're dressing like clowns. Oh my goodness. But they have a medical, they have a building. There's different missions there and they need us. Amen. Not that they need us. We need them. Amen. Because they poured into me, I poured into them. I could share my testimony and what God did in my life and them not to be ashamed of who they are and why people are being deported back over there that weren't even raised there since they were a child and now they're in jail just because, like he said, because they were gang-affiliated, but now they're born again, serving the Lord, but now they're in jail because they were affiliated at one time and could be doing 34 to 60 years. No rehabilitation, okay? But God, how many know God is the God that can change the hearts of men? Amen. God says he will turn the hearts of the children back to the Father. Amen. So we got to pray. We got to be a house of prayer like God says. That's why when I asked my brother, the first thing that I read on the flyer was, they have a prayer group on Octo since they started since October 1989. This 
October will be 25 years. They've had a house of prayer. 24 hours a day, 7, 325, amen? Because prayer is how we fight our battles, amen? Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pull in down the strongholds. We want to see a change in America. We want to see a change in all the Americas, South, Central, and North America, amen? We have to fight in one accord, one mind, and one spirit. We got to be slow to speak quick to listen amen are we not our brother's keeper are we not our sister's keeper these are my sisters these were my children they were my kids age and they're lifting and carrying weights some had surgery because they had cysts from carrying heavy things because why they go to the highways and byways and compel the children to come the bible says let the little children come to them and do not hinder for such is the kingdom of this amen we're all called. We're all chosen. Amen. We all have gifts. God says he's given us all spiritual blessings. It's time to stir it up inside of us. Allow us to be healed in those broken areas. It's time to be transparent like she testified. Do you know what? I met sisters over there from Oregon. Came to me and said, thank you. I said, for what? Oh, for the hug. Do you know what it's like to be in a church and not be seen? Do you know what it's like to be in a church in America and not be seen? What is that? We are the church. This is the temple. This is, a, this is just a building. We are. We have to love one another. No greater love than he who lays down his life for his friend. We have a broken world out here in El Dorado County. I work in the medical field. I work in the MAP program, in the drug program. Do you understand how many grandparents are taking care of their grandbabies? How many, how many, how many parents are in jail? When I went to that thing that we got to volunteer, when I got to sit where I was placed for my job, have to have child support, have the DA foster care with the probation. What is that? No, it's time for us to rise up. When you sow, when you go, don't think what we did over there was in vain. No, it's going to reap a harvest here in America. Amen. And I just want to encourage you, go. If you can't go, sow so somebody else can go. Amen. God is good. You've got a pastor that teaches the word. That teaches the word. You have a teacher here. Amen. Rise up. Amen. And let's bear one another's burdens. Let's help one another. Pray. Be transparent. It's okay. We're all messed up. I don't know about you, but we're all messed up. We all have issues, right? So let's just help one another. Let's love one another. Love covers a multitude of sin. Amen. We're all sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. And if we say we don't, then we lie. And there's no truth in us. Amen. So God bless you guys. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, my husband, my family, my children's. My children, because this is my bloodline. El Salvador has my bloodline right there. My children right there. Amen? And thank you for sowing into the kingdom of God, because we're bringing it here on the earth as it is in heaven. Amen? God bless. Amen. So, uh, well, I had more to say, but uh, that was good. That was that was right on. I would I was gonna be like, go ahead and finish the service out there, and uh, 
So, uh, let, you know, she, she touched on it. Why El Salvador again? Why would we go somewhere when we have so much need here? Uh, sometimes we're here and we just kind of settle in with, oh, yeah, you know what, I'm just doing my life. Sometimes we need a mission trip, something like that, to shake us up and to realize, hey, listen, it's not just about go, oh, go to work, go to, take my kids to school, do my thing, and, uh, and we forget that there's a world lost and dying right here. Right. Amen. So, so, yes, we are going to go again next year. And uh, we took seven. There was a few that weren't able to make it for different reasons. And uh, we were reminded, make sure you apply for your passport early. Amen. Isn't that right, Billy? And uh, he's going next year because he's already paid and ready to go. So, uh, uh, but listen, uh, wouldn't that be powerful if 20 of us were able to go? Because you guys heard testimonies here. Yes, we were able to touch and minister, uh, but God is in the business that when you step out, God's going to do something in your life. Amen. Amen. And so, yes, it is out of comfort zone. Talk about comfort zone. Uh, yeah. But you know what? Ministry always happens outside of the comfort zone. If you stay right where everything is comfortable, I can control everything. It's kind of like the fruit on a tree. How many of you know the fruit doesn't grow at the base? No, you got to walk out on the limb a little bit, right? You got to get out there where things are a little bit more dangerous and a little more where you can't control it. But let me tell you, that is the joy of serving God. God is so good. God wants us to love him, and we understand that. But until we can begin to grasp what it means to love others... And it's not just those that, and listen, I had a whole different thing that I was going to share these last 15 minutes. Uh, guess what? That'll be next week. So uh, here's, here's your title for next week right here. So uh, to know and be known, but we're not getting into that today because uh, uh, one of the things God put on my heart, all of the people that helped us, the, the locals, they're in their mid-20s or so, uh, and they're all called to be missionaries, not just in El Salvador, but different locations. So uh, help me some of the one, some of the locations. Stephanie remembered the Cambodia, Cambodia uh, Belize, Bolivia, uh, Ivory Coast, Ecuador. Ecuador, yeah. So all over the place, but they're raising money in their country where the average income a day is around twenty twenty five dollars a day, and uh, that's I think that's stretching. I think he actually said fifteen dollars a day, maybe fifteen to twenty, and. Uh, and so some of them have been raising funds for years to be able to go. And, uh, and I just really felt like, you know what, as a church, they blessed us so much. They actually made us look good. And, uh, but they ministered at, that we could bless them as a church. And so my prayer is that we would be able to raise, there were six of them, that we would be able to bless them with $500 each. <laughs> so that would be a $3,000. That's not a whole part of the mission trip, but I just feel like, as we sow into other people's lives, that, uh, that everything comes around in the kingdom. Am I right? Like we, sometimes if you're just so focused on yourself, uh, yes, God can bless you, but man, the blessings explode exponentially when you begin to put other people first. It really does. It's not just like, okay, love God, love others. No, it really is a principle in the kingdom of God. That when I can begin to live my life loving God, that's got to be number one. Amen? Because he helps me to begin to love other people. And, and sometimes you've got to stretch yourself to do that. Because it doesn't come naturally. How many of you know some people make it hard to love them? <laughs> Am I right? 
It's like there's some people that are really easy, some that I just call challenges that cause me to help me to love more. Uh, but you know what? Step out and do it. Step out and do it. Find, you know, the person that, that maybe cuts your hair or wherever and say, you know what? I want to show love to them. So you've got to pull yourself out. You can't just wait, oh, God, help me. Help me to do it. No, you've got to step out. And, uh, man, I don't even know where I'm going with this. So, uh, <laughs> so it's all good, right? So uh, uh, we have our offering box in the back. You can give online. If you do, just mark El Salvador, and we're going to give that. Uh, I know our board, you guys are amazing, that whatever comes in, I feel like we're going to be able to bless each one of them in a way. Because I don't think every group does that. Some of them do. Uh, but I want to be able to be a blessing back next year. Like I said, wouldn't that be great to see 20 of us go? So if you have, amen, if you have any inclination or even an interest, uh, let Randy know back there in the back because he'll keep a running total. That doesn't mean you're already committed to go, but if you're interested in it, uh, we want to start fundraising early because to have 20 people go, how many of you know that's going to be a process? Uh, don't let finances be the issue because God provided uh, and he can provide for you guys next year. It'll probably be, we haven't worked any dates, probably be the end of July because we don't want to get into August where school year starts to affect that. So it'll probably be somewhere in the last two weeks of July uh, that we will schedule that for next year. And uh, you know what? Let's watch the video and then we'll wrap it up. So some of you guys saw this a couple weeks ago, but if you didn't, uh, here's the, the video where we were at. Is there volume? <laughs> 